Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 21. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We come to uh, the last chapter in the last section, and I don't know, but it feels, um, you know, a little bit like um, a victory of some sort, doesn't it, when you go verse by verse through the scriptures like that? I mean, through the Gospel of John, we have covered every period, every question mark, every comma, every um, jot, and every exclamation point, and I think it's something to be said to come to the end of a book and we have finished it, it just to me feels, and maybe as, for me as a Bible teacher, it feels to me like an accomplishment and, and a blessing because, you know, there are a lot of churches nowadays that they don't, um, people don't um, go through the scriptures uh, uh, anymore. I mean, you, it's hard to find a church teaching verse by verse through the scriptures. It really is. I mean, people come to me all the time and they say, Pastor Ronnie, I'm glad I found, finally found a church that teaches the Bible. And, and my question is, if you're not teaching the Bible, what are you saying? If I didn't teach the Bible, I wouldn't have nothing to say. Y'all don't want to hear what happened in my week. Amen. And, uh, God's word is good. Say it better, amen. God's word is good. So we complete, conclude our study in the Gospel of John, chapter 21. If you've been with us, you know that we are on the other side of the cross. And Jesus has been beaten and crucified and hung on the cross. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus took the body of Jesus down from the cross and they prepared the body in burial clothes. Are you listening? And they laid him in a new tomb. And three days later, the ladies come early in the morning only to find two angels who said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen, as he said. And the ladies run back to tell the fellows and Peter and John run to the tomb. You know the story. And they come back and they told the others that Jesus is risen. But Thomas didn't believe it. Remember? And Jesus said, Thomas, stick your finger into my hands and stick your hand and put it into my side. And don't doubt, Thomas, but believe. John chapter 20 and verse 28, Thomas said, my Lord Curios and my God. I told you last week that John chapter 21 is an epilogue, an epilogue, an appendix. It means a story that's tacked on to the end of a story to pull things together and tie things up. John chapter 21 is pulling things together and tying things up. Last week, were you with me? Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, the Sea of Gennesareth, the Sea of Chenaroth, or commonly called the Sea of Galilee. Post-resurrection, the disciples were to meet Jesus on a mountain in Galilee. Seven of the disciples have decided to go fishing instead of waiting for Jesus. So Jesus is standing on the shore. Y'all know the story. And they didn't know it was him. 
They had been fishing all night. They hadn't caught anything. And Jesus yells out from the shore, hey, fellas, y'all caught anything yet? And they said, no. And he said, well, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. And these guys were fishermen. They were probably thinking, we got this. But nevertheless, they caught 153 fish and could hardly draw the net in the boat. I want you to look at chapter 21 and look at verse 7. John realizes the Lord. Peter heard that that, that that person on the shore was the Lord. Peter heard it and he dove into the water. He swims to the shore. He gets to the other side. Y'all peruse from verse 7 with me. He gets to the other side where Jesus was. By the time Peter gets there, he's wet and shivering. He sees fish broiled. The others row to the shore and they sit with Jesus for breakfast. Remember, I titled the sermon Breakfast with Jesus last week. Now, we all know fumbling, failing, always saying the wrong thing at the right time, Peter. Peter, who is ready, aim, fire. In this chapter, we're going to see, you taking notes, got a pen, got a pad. We're going to see Peter's recommissioning. Peter's recommissioning. Jesus is going to say to Peter, Peter, I still love you and I want to use you. Something that jumps out to me in this chapter, if you're taking notes, you write it down. Love for the Savior is essential for service to the Savior. Did y'all hear me? Love for the Savior is essential for service to the Savior. Well, let's get to it. My last time, our last time, for a while at least. John chapter 20, we pick up in verse 15. Saints, if you're looking at verse 15, our last time, I need you to say amen. amen. So when they had eaten breakfast... Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed, what do you say, saints? Feed my lambs. Mm. What do you say, saints? Feed my lambs. He said to him in verse 16 again, a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, what do you say, saints? Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, verse 17, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, what he say, saints? Feed my sheep. Most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, when you were younger, Peter, you girded yourself and you walked where you wished. But when you were older, Peter, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you don't want to go. And this he spoke, signifying by what death he, Peter, would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Saints, stop right there, giving your attention. Go right back up one verse to verse 14 of chapter 21. We're told that this is the third time Jesus showed himself post-resurrection. The first time was Resurrection Sunday. The second time was eight days later. And the third time, Jesus is having breakfast with the disciples on the shore. Yesterday in my office, I asked myself the question, and maybe you ask yourself at a time, why did Jesus show himself post-resurrection? Why not just ascend to heaven? Well, I believe because Jesus wants them and us to learn, listen, you're going to love this, listen, he wants them and us to learn whether he is seen or unseen, he is always with us. Jesus is always with us. I think of Thomas. That's exactly what he taught Thomas. 
in the upper room. Thomas said, I, I won't believe unless I'm able to put my fingers into his hand and take my hand and put it into the side. And John 20, 26, eight days later, Jesus showed up. You know the story. Jesus showed up in the door being shut and walked straight line to Thomas and said, Tommy, put your fingers in my hand. Tommy, take your hand and stick it into my side and don't doubt but believe. Jesus could have said, Thomas, I was there. I heard every word you said. I listened to you complain. Thomas, I even was there when you were talking to them. You couldn't see me, but I was there. I think of Matthew 28. Y'all keeping up with me. Matthew 28, write it down, 2820, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you and Lo, I am with you for a short period of time. Always, you know that, even until the end of the age. Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not discouraged, for I am your God. And I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Hebrews chapter 13, write it down, verse 5. I will never leave you. Anybody know the rest? Or forsake you. The disciples are learning that truth as we should be learning that truth that Jesus is with us. Jesus is always with us. And if we believe Jesus is with us, then that will change your life. Huh? You either believe it or you don't. You either believe it or you don't. If you don't believe it, then you'll just do your thing and you just go about life doing your thing. But if you really believe that Jesus is always with you, then it will determine where you walk. It will determine where you go. It will determine what comes out of your mouth. It will determine how you serve. If you believe that Jesus is always with us and that he's coming again, well, then you're going to be about the father's business. Y'all hear me. You're going to be about the father's business. Well, you know the end of the story. Jesus showed Thomas the nail pierced hands and he, the wounded side. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Interesting. Matthew 16, Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Thomas said, you're my Lord and my God. Peter said, you're the son of God. Thomas said, you are God. Look at verse 15. After they finished eating breakfast, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he said, feed my lambs. Note, Jesus called him Simon. Now, when Jesus first met Peter, he was introduced to Peter by his brother, Andrew. Jesus saw Peter and he said, you are Simon and you will be called Cephas. Remember? Cephas is Aramaic for rock man, Greek Petros. Jesus says, Simon, you're going to be a rock man from here on. You will be a man who will stand for something, but right now still in question, but you will. Right off the bat, Jesus reminds him of his old name, that your old life. And now I'm calling you to a new life of a fisherman and a pastor, a fisherman, a fisher. Men, a, a man who fishes for men and a pastor. First, second, Peter, read it for yourself. Jesus says, Simon, do you love me more than these? Now, if you've been around in Calvary Chapel, I know you know this. There are several words for love. 
we have one word for love. You know, we say, I love my cat, I love my dog, I love pizza, I love ice cream, I love my wife, I love the movie, I love the church, I love Pastor Rodney, I really love Pastor Rodney, I, I love, we have that one word for love. The Greeks had more than one word for love. Uh, eros, they had for love, eros, that's erotic or sensuality, sexuality of love, kind of love. Actually, I'll tell you something. The Greeks made Eros, listen at this. The Greeks made Eros a god, and the Greeks put Eros and Aphrodite together. Uh, We know them as Venus and Cupid. Now, y'all know where I'm going? Valentine's Day is coming. You know where I'm going? The Greeks put them together. So when you think of Valentine's Day, listen, Valentine's Day has a pagan connotation because of the word eros. Now, there are all kinds of stories about Valentine's Day. Some say the day was named after a Christian martyr saint named Valentine, who was a priest during the third century and was killed. But the celebration actually goes back to the Roman holiday celebrating the Greek god Eros. The Roman holiday is Lupra Calia, Alupra, Alia, or something like that. Wikipedia, go find it. It's there. We call it Valentine's Day. Our country loves it because it's just another day to get your cash. Somebody say amen. That's just another day to get your money and buy roses and chocolates and cards. Did you know that Valentine's Day, listen, is the second most popular card sending day? On Valentine's Day, 150 million cards are sent. It's the second most popular. Somebody tell me, just tell me right out. What's the first number one popular day? Mother's Day. Nope. Christmas. Isn't that interesting? I thought Mother's Day too. Christmas. So another Greek word, so we have eros. Another Greek word is for love is phileo, brotherly love. We have the word philanthropic we have the word philadelphia and then there's the word agape or some people pronounce it agapeo it is the highest form of love for the word love Um, agapeo or agape speaks of divine love it speaks of god's love jesus is speaking to peter and note this saint he passes over the words eros and phileo and he chooses agapeo agape jesus says peter do you are y'all following me Peter, do you agape me? Peter, do you love me with a God kind of love with all your heart, mind, and soul? I love J. Vernon McGee. Can you believe it's been 30 years since he passed? J. Vernon McGee. You, you guys know who J. Vernon McGee is, don't you? Okay, good. I love J. Vernon McGee. He said this. He said, it is wonderful to have the right doctrine and the right creed, but salvation is a love affair. If you do not love him, there's no affair. I love that. Now, I want you to understand that Jesus isn't trying to embarrass Peter. Peter knows that, and he tells us years later, love covers a multitude of sin in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. He's not trying to embarrass Peter, but Jesus is restoring Peter. And we learned that right here on the beach in Galilee. Jesus picked him up, dusted him off, reinstates him and recommissioned him. Remember, Peter and the other disciples were commissioned to ministry. Peter lost his commission when he denied the Lord. Remember, he was warming his hands around the coals of fires of the enemy. 
Jesus said, feed my sheep, Peter. If you love me, do you love me, Peter? Feed my sheep. That's another way of saying you're still on the job. Now, it's interesting because it was by the Sea of Galilee. Listen to this. It was by the Sea of Galilee around the coals of fire that Jesus restores or recommissions Peter back to ministry. It was around, watch this, coals of fire that Peter lost his commission by denying the Lord three times. Remember the little girl came up to him and she said, uh, don't you know, Jesus, you, you were hanging out with Jesus, weren't you? And Peter said, oh, no, 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 I don't know the man. Well, later on, somebody said, oh, yeah, you were, well, I think yeah, you were hanging out with him. You, you kind of sound like him, too. And Peter's like, uh-uh, I don't even know the man. I never met the man. And then another little girl came up and said, yeah, you were hanging out with him. I saw him. And Peter cursed the little girl out. <laughs> Peter, something else, y'all. Something else. Jesus puts Peter back in ministry. So Jesus asked three times, and it looks like repetition, but each time it's actually different. Notice the first time Jesus asked Peter, do you love me more than these? Jesus is asking Peter, do you agape me more than these? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Peter used the word phileo. Did y'all get that? Jesus used the word agape. Peter used the word what, saints? Phileo. You got it. Peter says, yes, Lord, you oesis, complete knowledge. You know everything. Peter says, Lord, I love you like a brother, phileo. Jesus says, well, then feed my lambs, nourish them, and take care of them. Verse 16, the second time Jesus asked, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Notice Jesus changes the question. He doesn't ask more than these. Jesus says, okay, Peter, do you even love me like a brother? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I phileo. I'm fond of you. Then Jesus said, feed my sheep. The lambs are grown, full grown. Jesus said, okay, Peter, then govern and shepherd and care for my sheep. Look at verse 17. Jesus said, Peter, do you love me like a brother? And this time, Peter was grieved because he asked a third time. And Peter said, Jesus, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. You know, Jesus is always concerned with people, pastors feeding his people. Can you imagine what God thinks of the church today? Nobody's getting fed. People are starving. Do you understand most churches in America today, do not teach the word of God. If you're not studying the word of God, then the people are starving. God has always cared about his sheep or his people being fed. I think of Jeremiah as the nation had turned away from the Lord because the leadership, the pastors, the church folk, the pastors in ministry had fallen away. Jeremiah 3.15, if you're taking notes, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Jeremiah 23, 3-4, but I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase, and I will set up shepherds over them who will do what, saints? Feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. Write it down, Ezekiel 34 deals with the issue of God putting shepherds over his people. Were you with us at men's breakfast yesterday? Uh, Psalm 23. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack any good thing. You believe it. I shall not want. See, this is an exhortation to every minister. Are you listening? Every pastor, every teacher in this room, feed the flock of God. Feed them the word. Somebody, can somebody say a better amen than that? Feed the flock of God. Feed them the word of God. Don't feed people your opinions. Don't feed people spiritual fast food. Don't feed them pie in the sky. Blessings that's going to come to them if they give money to the work of the Lord. Uh, God is going to send them blessings. Uh, and you can get out, give God 10, 30, 50, 60, 100 fold. Uh, you don't know uh, what I know. Uh, God can do uh, what he's there to do. Uh, I'm back. Don't feed people all of that. Not unless all of that is shrouded in the word of God. Somebody say amen. amen. Feed them the word. Paul told Timothy, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, meaning be ready to teach at the word at all times. I tell my pastors on staff and they know this. Keep a sermon in your back pocket because you never know when Pastor Ryan's going to call you up and ask you to fill the pulpit. And I don't give him a lot of notice. Intentionally. I don't give them a lot of notice. You know what? If you're a pastor, if you're a shepherd, then you're going to want to be studying God's word. You always got a, a, a word turning over in your heart. Somebody say amen. You always got something turned over if you are called and you're a pastor. So when I call you up to preach, I'm not going to give you a week's notice or a month. Well, in a month from now, I need you to preach. Nope. If I need you on Wednesday, I might call you Wednesday afternoon. Say amen, Nelson. Amen. He's sitting right here. You know, I ain't lying. I would like, like Pastor Ted, I wouldn't lie up in this pulpit. <laughs> I love that. Yes, sir. Me neither. Me neither. No, I'm not going to give you a, 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 a week. I might if I'm going to surgery or something or something's going on. But other than that, you need to keep a prayer wheel turning in your heart and a sermon in your back pocket. Be ready, Paul said, instant in season and out of season to preach the word of God. Jesus said, Peter, do you love me more than these? Now, what are these? Some say these nets, boats, fishing lines, bait these fish. Or more than you love your livelihood or occupation, Peter, do you love me more than you love your own life? Some say these are the other disciples. We're not sure. We're not sure what more than these are. And maybe God left it that way. Because Deuteronomy 29, 29, write it down, important. The secret things belong to the Lord. Don't you know there are some things that God does not want us to understand? There are some things that, that you, your little pea brain can't even handle. Say amen. amen. Some stuff God show you, some you just implode. You can't handle it. And you ain't supposed to handle it. You're not God. God called you to trust him, not understand everything about him. And by the way, if you could understand everything about God, then you should be God. Why would you worship something that you can understand everything about? I worship God because there's a lot about God that I don't understand, which makes me go, man, I am low and he is high. And he is greater than I am and I'm, I'm, I'm down here and he is God. He's up there. I'm down here. 
The secret things belong to the Lord. Some things you're not made to understand. But listen, every one of us has a more than these in our lives. Every one of us has something that takes your attention and takes your time. huh? Work, gaming, Facebook, Facebook. For some folks, Facebook take up their time. I know it because they post um, getting ready to make some peas. need to know that you're about to make some peas and then after you make your peas then you take a selfie with your pea pot <laughs> it's like I don't need to know whether you're making peas or not. who cares about your pork chops I mean you need to get a life you, you know what you got a more than these problem okay because you put in Facebook and your peas before the Lord everybody has a more than these maybe you know music maybe you write music for the Lord that can be a more than these. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. And light.